Hello and welcome to the Canarins Podcast, Volume 9, Issue 426. And on this one, we will be discussing the Super Mario Maker games. This issue is titled Super Mario Maker. So are we talking about the Super Mario Maker phenomenon? Are we talking about a series? Are we talking about one game? We're talking about pretty much everything Super Mario Maker. And joining me, Michiel Kroder, in Issue 426 are Brian Edwards. Yeah, hua. Woohoo. Nice. Yeah. I thought you were going to speak Chinese, but uh, that turned out different. Yeah. Uh, Darren Gargett. Mm, hello. I'm feeling a bit weird, but not as weird as that lanky Mario. Yeah, that is, that is a weird one. That, mm. the, the weird mushroom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and finally, Ryan Heyman. Hello. Hi. All right, then. So, Super Mario Maker, what is it? Is it... Just a level editor for a variety of 2D Super Mario platforming games? Or is it uh, something else, something more? Originally, Super Mario Maker was uh, conceived as a tool by Nintendo's internal development team uh, for use within the company only. Um, but the team working on this uh, yeah, quickly realized that it had uh, potential as a game and pitched the idea to senior game designer Takashi Tezuka. Uh, yeah, very familiar names. For, very familiar name for uh, followers of the company. Uh, Tesca had been wanting to make a Wii U follow-up to Mario Paint of all titles that you could be wanting to remake on the on the uh, from the Super Nintendo that utilizes the Wii U gamepad. But when he saw the Mario Maker tool, yeah, Tesca, who is of course ha- uh, has been a uh, instrumental force in creating the Super Mario two D platformer since the first one and a bunch of the three D ones as well realized that a level editor tool was more marketable than a mere art program. In an interview with Polygon's Tracy Lean from 2014, uh, he said that building courses is not as difficult or out of reach as drawing is, uh, but that he was inspired to bring the fun of Mario Paint into this course editor. And uh, yeah, I guess we can see the, the links there, right? I think this whole project more than anything was inspired by a lot of the kind of like ROM hack community that bubbled up around, especially super Mario world. Like Mm -hmm. without that community, I wonder if some project like this would have even gained traction in the first place. Yeah. But there's no way Nintendo will ever admit that. Do you know what I mean? No, (laughs) but we can speculate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So of course developed by uh, Nintendo EID and uh, published by uh, Nintendo worldwide, uh, of Europe, um, of America, etc., etc., uh, and it was directed by Yosuke, Yosuke Oshino, um, and this was his first game as a director. Previously worked just as a programmer on Pikmin, Pikmin 2, and uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, and he was overseen by senior director Yoshikazu Yamashita, and I think, yeah, he worked on more. Fairly, fair, more recent games uh, like um, uh, Wii Sports Resort and Big Brain Academy, but he also uh, was a supervisor for the uh, Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons games that were uh, developed for the Game Boy Color by Capcom flagship studio. Uh, new music for this game done by uh, Koji Kondo, uh, but also Naoto Kubo, Asuka Hayazaki. And originally, going back a little bit to uh, the origins of Super Mario Maker, the game was announced at E3 2014. It was first revealed officially via Nintendo's E3 presentation on uh, June 10th. Uh, Ryan, were you, were, were you already at Nintendo or were you still at Nintendo at that uh, moment? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. Uh, that 
probably would have been a little bit before I joined, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it was after I had left the company, so none of us were really privy to all, to all of that. But it was, uh, yeah, there was a photo being taken before the presentation of uh, Nintendo's incomplete mm. trade show booth. Uh, so there were rumors already flying about something like this existing. It's also interesting to look at that original um, announcement trailer and see the differences in the UI and uh, yeah, sort of what the game looked like as well. It's, it's, uh, I think it definitely, over the course of development, has become way more user-friendly looking. It looked a little bit, uh, a little bit um, yeah, mathematic and sterile in that original trailer almost, mm. right, mm. with, the, with the, the UI elements. So the game came out in Japan on September 10, 2015, uh, North America and the EU on September 11th, 2015, uh, and in Australia on September 12, 2015. There was a 3DS port, also more on that later, uh, that was released in Japan on 1st of December 2016, uh, December 2 in North America and Europe, and December 3 on in, uh, in Australia. And yeah, the, the game has been uh, received uh, quite favorably, uh, 89% for the uh, uh, Wii U version. And the 3DS version scored a little bit lower, but not a whole lot, lo- a lot lower, uh, 72%. And these are numbers dug up from OpenCritic. User reviews. Uh, Nintendo Life users, punters, uh, score the Wii U version uh, 8.8 out of 10. And the 3DS version, 7.5 out of 10. And uh, sales-wise, it has done very well on the uh, humble Wii U platform. Over 4 million copies sold, according to uh, VG charts, uh, our our barometer um, that we uh, tend to use. Uh, And the 3DS version sold, interestingly, a little bit under that. uh, 3.4 million. Um, Yeah. Interesting to see that because the 3DS is, of course, a uh, had a, is a system that's much more widely adopted. Yeah, they they only sold what it was like a, just a little over 13 million total we use or something in that range. So to have like yeah. almost a 25 percent attach rate to the to the amount of consoles you sold, and that and that was lifetime we use, I think, um, if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, it's pretty um that's pretty impressive numbers for a console that most people will look back on and kind of say it didn't really do huge numbers. Um, that's a that's a that's a huge title. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then the, the, the lower amount of sales on the three DS is a little bit surprising to me because I wouldn't have expect I wouldn't have expected the average consumer to uh yeah, you you'd think maybe the cause of that is the lack of online features that we'll go into later, but you wouldn't really expect casual uh consumers to be really cued into that too much, you know? The 3DS version also came out over a year after the Wii U version, and so a lot of those people I think probably weren't going to double dip. Um, mm. I think the kind of the strongest, um, and we'll get into this when we discuss the version differences later, but one of the strongest like uh, kind of call to action for Wii U owners to purchase a 3DS version was the pre-made courses, which yeah. acted as kind of like almost like a new standalone Mario game, but with the, I guess, developer restraint, like toned all the way down to zero. Like there's some like wildly creative and excessive stuff in there. And so, (laughs) you know, that I think interested a lot of people, but uh, especially with so many people owning the game already on Wii U, there probably wasn't as strong of an incentive to double dip as there would be for, um, you know, 
like Smash Bros or games where it you, you know yeah. you want your version on the go and your version at home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, good point. So Toon Skatoon on the forum says most of us have heard the nugget about the first rule of magic being that a magician never reveals how their tricks are done, and yet the Mario Maker series of which I've played all three games makes the act of revealing some of how Nintendo performs their most famous tricks its own sort of hocus-pocus. The first illusion they perform is to ensorcel the player into thinking anybody with any version of the game, some imagination, and a little help from a talking pigeon, can whip up a level that when squinted at while wearing sunglasses and standing on one's head after some edibles and a few days without sleep, looks just the sort of thing Miyamoto and the EID team would have crafted. Another trick they pull in front of the player in both the 3DS and Switch versions of the game is to make it seem like an infinite amount of incredible Mario levels could be conceived by providing excellent one-player campaigns. And then there's the disappearing act Nintendo performs, pickpocketing the player's time without them feeling like it's been wasted. It's a trick I know is coming every time I flip on this game and say I'm going to mess about for an hour, only to find myself toggling around three hours later trying to troubleshoot some design flaw I've picked up in my own level or playing a track made by my kids, my friends, my fellow Canarin's Foramites, I'm sure you'll shout out Suits, but way to lead the charge, man. Or some famous or soon-to-be-famous indie developer who's decided to try their hands merlining about with Mario. It's all just so enchanting. I've done it, and I've watched it happen time and again. That chubby little plumber points to the audience and asks for a volunteer to saw in half, and the hands just shoot up. Yeah, a lot of that uh, rings true to me as well. But uh, before we go into all of that, uh, let's talk about our histories with Super Mario Maker. Um, Brian? Uh, yeah, I, I actually got a Wii U in 2014. Um, I wasn't a launch day with the Wii U. I, I kind of got there a little bit later. And so, and this is a kind of a tired cliche, but I, I don't mean it in a, in a negative or like a snarky way. But um, by the time Mario Maker uh, came out, I was already looking for more reasons to play my Wii U because I loved the mm. controller. I loved the console, but it just didn't have a lot of software that I was interested in. And mm-hmm. Mario Maker, as soon as I saw it um, announced at that uh, at that A3, it's like one of those things that, like, if I could have told, like, time traveled back and told my 10-year-old self playing Super Mario Brothers 3 on the NES, like, like hey, eventually you're going to be able to make as many of these levels as you want of your own in this style, like, my, my, my little brain would have exploded. So I was, like, I was all in from day one on, on Mario Maker. Um, I played a ton of the the Wii U Mario Maker when it first came out. Uh, fortunately, I had a, a buddy who got it at the same time. And even though Nintendo's online stuff we'll talk about hasn't really been up to snuff in a lot of ways, um, him and I would just send challenge levels to each other, sometimes more than one a day. And we just we played, I mean, just hours a day for months on end. Um, and then, uh, which made me, uh, I never I never picked up the 3DS one because much like Ryan said before uh, about the double dipping, there didn't really feel a need to do that. And then I was also uh, day one for Mario Maker 2. So I've been, um, I've been been pretty pretty into the idea since since it was announced cool how about darren so yeah i'm thinking about the wii u as a as a as a console itself that was definitely a launch day for me you know nintendo always seems to get a golden pass when it comes to my money and mario maker was pretty much the same you know day one but uh, a long trek to the post office because the at least the english version came in a quite a sizable box that wouldn't fit through my letterbox because it came with an art book and the same with Mario Maker 2 as well. I tend to, um, like, my, my post office is so far away, but it's just within walking distance, but it takes ages. So both of these games are in my head are quite blurry in terms of walking over there and looking through the parcel on the way back. 
But yeah, um, definitely remember firing up the Wii U version on day one because you know the the um the hype was you know was was massive really. It was not, and you hadn't played anything like it. I think the only things you know similar are obviously Little Big Planet, right? And mm-hmm. and back in the day for me, playing Sonic the Hedgehog two with debug mode on was probably as close as I ever got to stuff like that in a platform game. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know just a million rings on the screen, make the frame rate drop to one, 17 crabs and 15, you know, the uh, the bad nicks, uh, the bees and all that lot kicking off. So yeah. yeah, I've borrowed the 3DS one. I haven't dabbled <laughs> with the the making stuff on that, just the story mode that the 3DS offers you. I say story mode, you know, it's just a loose dot to dot, play the level. Mm-hmm. You know, I got about halfway through and, you know, the, the kind of the novelty wore off, but it was it was decent. I'd say it's the the lesser of the three in terms of content within the game. Uh, yeah. that Nintendo have already provided but it's, it's, you know if you've got it or you... I'm going to ask you more about the 3DS version later on because you might be the only one that has that version yeah I brought it off the aforementioned suits he learned right. it to me when I went around there one day and he said you know yeah. what just play it for a bit talk about it on the pod so at least some of us have had some yeah. experience with it yeah exactly so let's yeah. uh, let's get into that uh, a little bit after this uh, and then finally Ryan yeah, I got Super Mario Maker 1 as a gift. It was either for Christmas or my birthday. I think it was my birthday. They both happen around the same time of the year anyways. So, uh, you know, I kind of conflate the two um, often from my girlfriend at the time. And um, we uh, we enjoyed playing that a lot together. Uh, we would, like one of us would design a level while the other is doing mm-hmm. something else. And then we would kind of, you know, pass the pad and see if the person could... Um, could beat the level that we'd created that was a really great way and i still think it's probably i mean at least my personal favorite way to play this is with somebody mm-hmm. else in the room where you're kind of yeah. challenging mm-hmm. each other and making little iterations on on stages as you go and it's great great to see that live feedback as somebody's yeah playing the level, yeah. Right? yeah 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 so yeah it's like a, a good beta testing period as well yeah uh, for your game that you're constructing mm. um so yeah i got that one fairly early on I played quite a bit of Super Mario Maker. I didn't play the 3DS version, but I uh, I played the Switch sequel. Um, I got it not... Well, it was probably around launch. Uh, I bought a lot of those. Um, Nintendo was doing for a little while for uh, Nintendo online subscribers. They were selling like discounted passes that you could redeem for one of their first party games and like a couple third parties uh, and so you know between that discount and um my employee discount like i could get you know those brand new games for like half off so i, I got quite a few of those and um yeah. ended up only regretting a handful of them <laughs> um <laughs> there were a couple stinkers in there but anyways um super mario yeah. maker 2 i got through that um through that program i played the single player stuff um pretty extensively i didn't create as much as i did in the first game and i'll go into some of the reasons for that once we get there Mm. um but uh i i played a little bit of the online stuff but i feel like i feel like you kind of the uh the super mario maker community kind of reached a saturation point in a way like towards the middle to end of the lifespan of the first game where Mm -hmm. you started seeing a lot more of like certain types of levels and the filtering tools have never been great. And so when super Mario maker two kicked off, it kind of, you know, there was, there were some people that were really kind of like finding their feet with the franchise for the first time and um, kind of submitting some really kind of new and inventive stuff, but it kind of quickly 
kind of resumed where Wii U left off as far mm-hmm. as a lot of auto runner levels and music levels and stuff, which is great. I I'm super impressed by all of those. And there's some ones that are uh, really, really impressive, but um, it's not really the type of experience that sustains my interest um, over mm-hmm. like a long period of time. So it's not the sequel. I've not spent a ton of time with just, you know, it just didn't have the same hook that the original one did. Yeah. All right, so uh, my own history is that uh, since 2013, me and a a good friend, uh, ex-Nintendo intern uh, and a brilliant programmer, uh, Johannes Nichel, uh, he's been on one one show, uh, Kenny Rin's show as well, and on an episode of Playwright with me, uh, decided to sort of start uh, our own venture in game development. And one of our many concepts was, of course, uh, a 2D platformer, since we both love the, the genre so much. So when Super Mario Maker was announced, it looked to me like the ideal way to really get my feet wet with uh, creating levels, creating 2D uh, platformer levels. Being that you basically get a perfect system of physics and then a whole bunch of objects to toy around with, right? And when you guys were talking about, when Darren was talking about little... Uh, little big planet uh, and and predecessors to sort of this idea. I also had to think back of a game that I played on NES when I got mine in late 1989, which was Wrecking Crew, uh, sort of like a puzzle platformer with uh, with Mario wrecking buildings and uh, yeah, like like blocks and items while chased by enemies. And I spent a lot of time with the level editor on that on that mm-hmm. game as well. So. Yeah, I, I always enjoyed sort of that idea of, of creating levels and uh, and objects and obstacles for, for people to overcome and, uh, yeah, all sorts of different approaches. So that is pretty much my history. So I got the game pretty much on day one. I don't buy a lot of games of day on day one. It might have not been the actual day of release, but very close to it at least. And Super Mario Maker 2, I got only a couple of weeks back. Because I didn't have a Nintendo Online account yet, and you can't really play that game much uh, without a Nintendo Online account. And I, yeah, I, I just I spread my attention over so many video game systems of the present and the past that I don't just don't get a whole lot out of online subscriptions. Um, but yeah, if I knew that if I would buy Super Mario Maker 2, I would uh, have to get a uh, Nintendo Online subscription. So that's what I got a couple of weeks back, the game and a Nintendo Online subscription. Yeah, for this podcast on one hand, but I definitely was planning on doing it at some point anyway. So uh, maybe good to point out, uh, we've, we've talked about this a little bit already before, but yeah, can we describe what Super Mario Maker is? Because it is a level editor, uh, but it's more than that, right? Well, you know, it's, it's its primary function for me is, you know, it's a it's a maker, hence the title. Mm-hmm. You, you you make your Mario levels and then you send them off into the internet and, um, you know, other people play them. Like, the, I can't really see it being much yeah. more than that in, in terms of a core concept. You know, yeah. it, it, there is more to do in it as, you know, as as the game has evolved over time, especially the Switch one and the Wii U one actually as well. They They did a good job of kind of making sure that, it didn't go stale um mm. but yeah you know I, I do believe that mario maker is primarily a game for people who want to create stuff and i I believe that's the same with dreams and little big planet and you know yeah. like, like i say all the other kind of diy games um yeah yeah I, I i firmly believe that if you're not making the levels 
like myself. Well, I made a few, but you know, if you're not making the levels, you're missing out on a fair percentage of mm-hmm. what makes yeah. Super Mario Maker so good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But there are there is a sizable uh, portion of uh, adopters of this game that just are in it for the infinite amount of of Mario levels that you get from it by downloading other people's uh, Mario levels or from the f- official makers or from you know playing the the story mode in the later game um in the in super mario maker 2 that is but yeah uh a maker a creator and a sharing tool as well and i think the nice thing that makes super mario maker stand apart from previously comparable um tools is that yeah it's it's very visual you know it's uh it's very user friendly yeah very user friendly exactly yeah it's a it takes a very different approach than a lot of its contemporaries like especially if we're like the big one i think is little big planet that people will be Mm. most familiar with as far as like creating 2d side scrolling platformer levels but uh mario maker has a very um a lot more kind of a constrained palette in a way in little big planet you can really you know, your imagination is the limit, essentially, um, and it's substandard physics system, but your imagination mostly is the limit of what you're able to create. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you can create custom shapes, you can texture them with stuff that you capture on the PlayStation camera, like there's like infinite possibility to yeah. create exactly what you want to do. In Mario Maker, you are constrained to the tools that it gives you, which in a way, like, if you're coming out of little big planet and you want to, you know, I think there was a lot of people who enjoyed creating levels that felt like, you know, this is straight out of uh, Banjo Kazooie or, you know, all these different kind of universes that they wanted to explore. And they can do that really, really easily in little big planet because you can create custom assets that fit your needs. You know, if you're going straight from that into Mario maker, it might feel a lot more limiting, but in a way it also, kind of solidified a design language between all of these disparate creators that were producing stuff. It kind of forced you to become more inventive. Like they say, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. You know, you are only like you, you are at your most creative when there are clear boundaries around you because you have to find ways to operate within those boundaries. Um, being without boundaries feels oftentimes uh kind of overwhelming (laughs) in a way uh and you know you always have to find within mario maker creative ways to uh skirt or surpass those boundaries even there's some people who have um done things that should i mean there are a lot of people that have done things that should be impossible within mario maker or Mm. um implement things like timers and stuff like that that there aren't tools to represent but they find ways to you know in using bouncing shells or in using uh the spawn distance of certain objects for when Mario steps on screen to create traps and stuff like that. Like there are ways yeah. that it's to me, it's more impressive when somebody does something out of the ordinary in Mario maker, just because the tools feel so feel so prescriptive. So looking at super Mario maker, the presentation and the visuals, um, yeah, the, the visual link with uh, Mario paint is very clear, right? If you, if you're familiar with Mario paint on mm. the super Nintendo, that is, Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! The, yeah, the fly swatter and the um on the intro was. I didn't actually know that Mario Maker was a link to Mario Paint, but when you see the fly swatter thing on the on the start of the yeah. um on one of the intros, they're very quirky intros. It's like, oh yeah. god, they're actually doing it, and it was also um very reminiscent of um WarioWare stuff, where like 
you turn it on and there'd just be a guy doing like uh, push-ups or like squats or something. And it's all kind of like, <laughs> ooga chaka, ooga chaka. And this is this guy just doing like some sort of exercise. Like, it's got that's a very that's also of, from Mario Paint. That is also from Mario Paint. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. It, it all kind of blurs into one because when Nintendo get weird, like that's when I really like, really oh, start yeah, digging absolutely. it. Like, and Mario Maker was like the perfect opportunity just to go, you know what? We can go a bit bonkers with this one because it's like, yeah. And You're there's already... definitely a lot of weirdness about this about this uh, piece of software, definitely. Yeah, and you know, I used to love Mario Paint, as we probably all did when we were kids. You know, you used to draw, you know, a stick man getting squashed by a bus or whatever. But you know, just um, just just the idea of the fact that someone had <laughs> has linked Mario Maker to Mario Paint is just, yeah, it's unreal to me, really. Nintendo mm. sure know how to run with an idea forever, don't they? Um, audio wise. Um, yeah, there is all the class- classic sound effects, uh, the classic tunes for all the uh, 2D uh, mm. level styles. and But there are some new tunes as well, right? Because uh, you've got, for example, and this is what we'll get into a little bit later as well. You've got uh, 8-bit uh, nin- yeah, Super Mario Brothers 1 uh, ghost houses, which were never in the original mm. game, of course. Mm-hmm. So uh, Koji Kondo was making new tunes, uh, yeah, in Super Mario Brothers One style for levels such as those, or airships as well. That's another one, right? Like a Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers style uh, style airship. Um, so you got some little little new tunes and uh, and a lot of weird sound effects as well. I'll tell you what, right? That kind of the whole thing of rewriting history of Mario Maker in terms of airships in Mario One. Like that, when I used to see like um, modern versions of retro games on Xbox Live Arcade, and it had like 2016 in the in the title, you think, oh, they've actually gone into the code and edited 2016 into the title. That's mad for like I don't yeah. know, you know, Centipede. And I was like, wow, they can actually do that because it's got the same font. This is like you know early Xbox Live Arcade days, but they've actually gone into Mario and just produced like genuine looking <laughs> NES graphics in like you yeah. know 2015 to 2020, like. I never thought that was even possible, like in terms yeah. of an actual concept of going, you know what we're going to do, guys? We're going to write some ghost house music that was designed for the first game. And you're like, what? Like, it's just unfathomable <laughs> yeah. kind of some like, retrofitted well, stuff. Magic. It's magic. Yeah. I like having all of these different palettes that you can work with within each game's kind of general aesthetic. And then, of course, going back to. Uh, you know, creating new ones for the ones that didn't exist before so that your creations can really, like, mm. it's another way of kind of like lowering those restraints. Like if you want to make a ghost house level and if you want it to operate within Mario 1 logic and physics instead of Mario 3 logic and physics, then you can do that. Mm. And there's different enemies and different items and stuff that you have access to in each. The only thing that I kind of uh, have like a few reservations about is that some of the combinations and some of the combinations do get kind of deep. Like it has to be like, it has to be nighttime and a certain type of level. And there has to be like all these things that kind of trigger different, different States. So you can make like an outer spacey type of feeling level and this kind of thing. Sometimes it feels like all those kind of layers of, of things you have to remember to put in place kind of take away some of that like accessibility and simplicity that really kind of sold mm-hmm. people on the game in the first place. So you have to remember if yeah. I want to make an outer space level, it has to be this type of level and I have to make it nighttime. It's, it's a little bit more that you have to like memorize as you go. And it's just, you know, for a game that sells itself on simplicity, it's just kind of an extra step in the measure. 
I think that goes more for the sequel than the original game. Yeah, for because, sure. Uh, than the original mm-hmm. game because there are a lot more, uh, yeah, possibilities there. I guess you heard a lot of talk in reviews and in conversation about the first Super Mario Maker that the Wii U gamepad was finally vindicated by Super Mario Maker, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I, I personally don't agree 100% because no. there was some really cool stuff being done with the gamepad before that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, it's defi- definitely such an integral part of Super Mario Maker as a uh, as a tool to build your levels with. Yeah, you know, you you, you kind of hope that you know they would have worked out a similar situation for the the sequel. But having a, a screen on your lap to create stuff, and also you know viewing it on the big screen and just chopping and changing and. You know, just having the touchscreen available at all times, which mm-hmm. is what the, what the Switch doesn't offer in terms of its, you know, its docking ability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just found the Wii U gamepad was, you know, it was, like you say, it was finally, its, it's true potential was finally showing itself because it was just so easy just to kind of ping around the screen with your stylus and uh, yeah. and just chuck it onto the telly and just start playing. Yeah, know, and then see it instantly, see the stuff instantly appear on the television. That's mm-hmm. what they did a brilliant job with this as well. There's so many smart touches when it comes to, you know, you can feed power-ups to the different enemies and a lot of the objects yeah, as well, yeah. like the mushrooms to make yeah. them bigger. Like, it's so intuitive. There's a few things, again, that are kind of unintuitive. Like, if you feed, you know, a fire flower to certain things, like, it might have a different effect than you're expecting. And a lot of that is kind of, like, experiment yeah. and, and as you go. Um, but that's kind of interesting as well, right? That. You yeah. Sort of, there's that experimentation and discovery sense to it. And uh, yeah. if you kind of shake one of the creatures while you're holding it, it'll sometimes transform into something else, which, you know, yeah. again, is like another thing to memorize, but it doesn't really, at least in the first game, it doesn't get to be too much to manage. No. It exactly. gives a gives the player and or the creator just a reason to like poke around at it. Like I mean, yeah. you, you'd you'd find things using that UI and and just dragging different items around and seeing different things that like I didn't I didn't even know I could do until I just kind of started playing with it. And uh, it really did reward you for just kind of poking around and just kind of testing the limits of of what what could be done there. Um, I I am am a defender still of the Wii U gamepad. I love it. I um mm-hmm. I I still wish that I had the ability to somehow play the Switch with the screen in my hand. Um, I think it was a absolute detriment to the to to the second game. We'll talk about that later. But um yeah, I just I I think it's I think it's a a really neat thing because because Nintendo is still somehow trying to do a dual screen experience without dual screens now. I mean, you've got things like companion apps on iPhones that you have to use for like Splatoon items, things like that. Like this, like yeah. having these two screens connected to each other. I it's something that I still I I still enjoy when I go back and play play a Wii U game from time to time. Yeah, same the here. stylus was a huge help yes, with this yeah. game. Like I I really don't like creating levels in mario maker 2 as much just because like using my finger doesn't feel as good as using the stylus and oh, yeah uh, me too and there's isn't like maybe the the one that was packaged in with uh with the deluxe edition which i don't even know if the deluxe edition of mario maker 2 came out in america um maybe that one's fine but like i haven't found a good mm. switch stylus and you would think that would be something that nintendo would like have ready to go like you know because it was yeah. such like an integral part of playing on both the Wii U and 3DS. So one thing that um, was also, I mean, this is also part of the second game, uh, but one thing that can't be overstated just how amazing it was is the instant switch between creating and playing. Like you can 
try th- try things out instantly like just mm-hmm. click the little uh yeah uh you know movie set uh That's switch it. switchboard and then whoop you're in the game you're trying things out oh this is not working back to creating it's it's so seamless yeah and i think also the um to go with the ui again it's the the shadow that mario leaves behind like the trail of mario's mm, to let you yeah. know like the apex of his jump, yeah, where he could is, land, yep. where he couldn't land. That is just a stroke of, you know, again, like they must have used that in designing levels in-house. And yeah. just gone, yeah, actually, let's do a more fleshed out version of that. Cause- you can toggle that on or off. Uh, and sometimes I don't want it on, but it's been become such an instrumental part of how I build my levels. Just, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the trail, because this is the way you can create those mathematically precise level designs that uh, Nintendo deliver in, let's say, the new Super Mario Bros. U games, where where you feel like everything is just designed a certain way to be sped run, to be hop, you know, you see hopping on enemies, uh, hopping on on tiny little platforms that are just spaced exactly right. Yeah, and I want in a lot of the videos I was watching um, in preparation for this podcast, too, uh, you see like some of the top level designers would use that trail when they were designing um, levels with like multiple paths and they would yeah. literally they would use those trails to make sure that there was like no like if, if it would each run was designed perfectly there would be no time difference depending on what path you would take and things like it just like from, from a fine-tuning design point i'm um, nothing that i would ever <laughs> be good enough to do but yeah. you could really see the implication of being like okay we're well, going to create levels with branching paths you can use that trail to see okay where if i go this way how long did it take me and everything else it just it, another one of those fine-tuned design yeah. choices that just uh, really brilliant and didn't think about it until i saw it in practice yeah yeah, I uh, created two levels in the original Super Mario Maker style in New Super Mario Brothers style, uh, precisely because you can use the uh, yeah, let's say the uh, mechanics of Mario, right? The uh, the wall jump and the triple jump, and um, I used I I don't I'm not a fan of making very restrictive levels, but I made one level called Can You Triple Jump, which was basically a succession of three. Uh, triple jumps in in sequence with just a whole bunch of obstacles around it, and I use that trailing trailing feature just to ch- charter uh, a path and then um, yeah create the level around it. Can you triple jump? Yes, you can. can <laughs> That's all I'm hearing in my head. Sorry. <laughs> so the different modes in the original Super Mario Maker. Uh, it's very simple. I like how it starts out on the title screen. You get to choose between playing or creating. Right. You can mm-hmm. play uh, the 10 Mario Challenge or the 100 Mario Challenge or go to Course World or create and just start building. So that's a very in, yeah, a very cool, intuitive branching path right from the, uh, from the get-go. And apart from um, yeah, Course World, sharing all the levels, uh, download, downloading other people's levels or playing other people's levels um, and creating your own stuff in, uh, yeah, in the Course Maker, you've got... Only two real um, single-player modes for if you don't want to create anything. That's the 10 Mario Challenge and the 100 Mario Challenge. Did those those modes never really like appeal to me? Like uh, just seeing like a very bare bones version of a Mario map was never really the the pull for me. It's just like you know yeah. you could run through 10 different levels that are just spat at you by the by the console. But I said, I man, like I really wanted something a bit more tangible to grab hold of. And yeah. Um, I've dabbled, I've dabbled with those modes. Uh, I don't think I ever finished a 100 Mario challenge. No, I did maybe, but maybe on the easier levels. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it confronts me personally with something we'll also talk about with just you know you're going to play a lot of crap levels as well yeah uh, yeah that, that, that sort of kills kills a flow kills your enjoyment kills your mood as at least that's how it works for me no yeah i never got on with an, with with those ones it was always much more uh you know just creating and then and then seeking out things in the course world and i i'm not sure yeah. like if they improved on it much on the second one i know we'll talk about it later but uh definitely yeah like the the thing i the thing that you were really missing out on were were levels that were curated and designed by people at Nintendo, and you know that's all, like that, th- those mm. those came in a later update. Yes, so yeah, exactly. O- yeah. Official levels you got later on yeah, by official and I just, makers. Like, and I think they realized that obviously for two because two had the whole story mode and everything. Um, we'll talk about yeah. it in a bit, but um, yeah, it just like oh, in my, in my experience, I I like dabbled and like like dipped a toe in those waters and was like, okay, this is cool that that's here. I'll maybe try it again later, and then didn't really think about it again. Just really went to the creating and playing on the on the course world. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one thing that was a big flaw in the original Super Mario Maker for me was that uh, if you would do just a general popular courses search, you would get all those really interestingly designed um, art artful uh, levels or music levels or uh, auto uh, you know yeah, automatic auto levels yeah. that it w- that were definitely yeah like Ryan already said earlier really incredibly well made and tip my head to the makers of that but not necessarily a lot of fun for me to play because i think once you play one of them it it prompts you for a rating at the end of it and it's hard to give yeah. any of them a bad rating because like they're very good <laughs> like right yeah. thumbs yeah. up but that means that they're yeah. getting 100 percent thumbs up as opposed to yeah. like more interestingly or i guess more kind of like gameplay centric levels which might get thumbs up or thumbs down depending on whether or not people found it too challenging so it's mm-hmm. kind of a self-defeating system in a little way in a few ways yeah definitely and um so what i did was uh i think leon actually introduced me to a facebook group of uh, mario uh maker creators where they were sharing levels and i think the pickford brothers were among those so there were some quality uh course designers uh in that group that were sharing levels around that I tried out. Uh, the Kenrin's forums also was a was a place mm-hmm. where we were uh, exchanging level codes and uh, checking out each other's stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And I feel like this might be a, th- a theme of this podcast as we get going on a little bit longer. But like that's a real problem. Like the, mm-hmm. th- there's a real problem where you have to seek out the quote unquote good levels or or at least the level type that you're particularly interested in by going to independent sites. Now, there's always going to be communities that develop around a game and like people that get really into certain aspects, but but Nintendo has time and time again and, and as someone who loves them and, and and buys a ton of their products, they just have yet to get right how to have an online community through one of their games where you can actually yeah. find the things that you're looking for. And I'm not sure what the answer is. I don't do netcode and I but mm-hmm. in other games and other another mediums that's that they seem to have figured it out nintendo just struggles to find that and i I don't know what the answer is but i know that they haven't found it yet with these games wasn't for the wii u one didn't they have like an external browser website you could end up going to and then finding the codes from there yeah and it was a yeah 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 the super mario uh, maker bookmark site is that one um the good thing about that site and i did use that quite a bit as well uh because i was so adamant about creating and sharing levels it also sort of figured as a blueprint for the search function in Super Mario Maker 2. Another way that you could share your levels 
uh, through uh, was Miiverse when that still existed. Um, mm. So you, this was kind of like what you would get in Super Mario Maker 2, that in Super Mario Maker 2 you can follow creators. So you see when they you get a notification when somebody whose levels you like upload a new course. Uh, that didn't exist in Super Mario Maker 1, but if you would follow, if you would have friends on Miiverse, you would see when they would upload a new course because it would be uh, yeah added on their wall as well. Um, and a good touch I found is uh, that uh, a restriction before uploading a course uh, to Course World was that you actually had to be able to complete the course yourself. Yeah. So not Smart. just throw something completely impossible out there. Uh, that you hadn't tested yourself, that it would would be able to do. Mm-hmm. A, a funny side effect to that is sometimes you you get these really impossible levels, uh, um, especially in Super Mario Maker Two, um, that the creators couldn't even finish themselves. But then they've hidden like hidden developer doors in there or hidden developer plans <laughs> yeah. to get get to the end <laughs> of the level. So you get you yeah. still get a, long, a bunch of BS in uh, yeah on on Course World. Let's get into the uh, creation process, the creating of courses. Um, as we said before, there are four different styles in which you can create a Mario level. Super Mario Brothers 1, Super Mario Brothers 3, sadly no Super Mario Brothers USA or uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, outside of Japan. Super Mario, uh, Super Mario World, uh, yeah, one of my favorite games of all time. So it's a, it's a level theme that I mess, tend to mess around with a lot. And new Super Mario Brothers U. Now, um, there's been a little bit of a communication confusion, I think, about the physics behind Super Mario Maker. Um, and some people seem to think that the physics change per uh, style or, uh, yeah, per, per uh, game style. But I actually, and I was actually of the... Uh, under the impression that that was the case, but I've been spending a little bit of I've I've read some contrary content and I've been spending a little bit of time between the different styles and yeah, Super Mario Brothers one definitely doesn't feel like Super Mario Brothers one physics. You have way more control in the air over your character, for example, and there's there's less of that sort of little momentum when you when you when you stop running uh, that is in the original game, so. I, it's actually the case that they kind of took the new Super Mario Brothers um, physics and applied them to the other styles as well. But it doesn't. It it, it never seems to feel wrong, right? No, I. Th- it doesn't seem to feel wrong, and I think a lot of that is um, just your brain playing tricks on you because Maybe, yeah. you see you see the Mario one, and you know how Mario is supposed to jump, so you just kind of you just kind of find yourself settling back into that routine. And yeah. I, I know that they're they've been different over time, especially. I mean, the the difference between three and World, I think, is particularly interesting because there's just a yeah there's a speed and ramp up to Mario and World that just didn't exist before. And they do a good job, and I'm not sure if they've you know slowed down a little bit and 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 added. I'm not sure what tweaking they did for it, but. I never noticed mm-hmm. it to the point where I ever felt like, hey, this isn't this isn't just like playing a Mario game. I know other people are are more sensitive to that than I am, but I, it never yeah. really marred my experience with any one of the themes. I spent most of my time creating within the original Super Mario Bros. style, and that's because my like like number one with the bullet favorite feature of Mario of uh, Mario Maker One was its uh, use of Amiibo. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about the here because oh, I don't see yes. it on the on the show notes. But you can um, almost almost every amiibo that Nintendo produced, which 
considering the Smash Bros line was a wide and diverse selection of characters yeah. from not just Nintendo properties uh, were supported and represented within uh, Mario yeah. Maker. And so if you were in the Super Mario Bros. 1 style, you can scan in mm-hmm. an amiibo and basically give Mario a power-up that turns them into like a NES yeah. sprite or like a recreation of what an NES sprite of, you know, a Bayonetta would, would have been. Um, yeah. Which was uh, really, really fun. And um, yeah. one of my like absolute favorite things, the amount of care and attention that went into producing all of those was super impressive and it yeah. um it inspired you to really like do different things with your level like my favorite thing to do when i was creating levels was to try to within the mario framework create a level that was based on another property and like felt like that property and so i would make a donkey kong level that was kind of like a minecart challenge from donkey kong country or i'd make a metroid level where you would have to it was a lot more kind of vertical and there were a lot more kind of enemies that kind of crawled around all four sides of a floating platform and stuff like that and it was just Mm, um yeah it was super fun to really kind of have to think in the design language of those other games and translate that back into mario and i was uh yeah it's really disappointed that they just completely took that feature out of the sequel um all the Mm. work had been done and uh, especially when you go online there's so many characters that have kind of evolved into like subgenres of levels. So especially if you um, look for Waluigi levels, like there's a certain type of level that Waluigi finds himself in. And they're usually like, you know, um, maddening spirals that you can get trapped in or, or <laughs> things like that, that kind of like emphasize a sense of failure and frustration. And it's just, yeah. it's so much fun to just like get a different character out of that mystery amiibo mushroom. And then just like, it opens the door to like, okay, what is the creator going to do with this? You know, let's, let's see yeah. where they're going with this. First stage or first course I ever created was called super Mario uh, Bros uh, Brothers Fundamentals, which was uh, v- just a very simple take on a Super Mario Brothers one style. But I hid a uh, Sonic uh, costume <laughs> in there with the Sonic amiibo, and yeah. And if you would ma- manage to clear the level uh, with the uh, Sonic costume still on, he uh, would uh, you you actually get the the Sonic level clear theme as well mm. at, the, at the flagpole. Yeah, so there's little touches in there as well. It's quite cool. Yeah, they introduced a lot of weird stuff as well, like not only tied to the amiibo, but kind of in a similar style they would just introduce downloadable costumes um which you know i think i'm kind of of two minds about the weirdness of super mario maker i think on one hand like it's i think it's fun and i think like if they weren't allowed to get a little weird we wouldn't have had those great amiibos in there in the first place but yeah on the other hand like it's it feels like it kind of like sort of breaks the consistency of the product in a way to have like uh, there was like a, a Japanese pop group that was added as like downloadable costumes into the game. And it's just like, uh, yeah. this feels a little bit more like a commercial now. Kind of like when those, uh, those what Mercedes cars were added into Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the Mercedes cars <laughs> were even added to Super Mario Maker. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I don't mind. Like I just, like in Mario Kart, I always, <laughs> I pick those and I pretend I'm driving around in the um, Monopoly car. But yeah. it's just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it yeah. For something that feels yeah. so clean and self-contained, uh, you know, at the direct yeah. exclusion of some of the more kind of like creative, wild, fanciful stuff that we saw in Little Big Planet beforehand, like we'd already mentioned, it just feels weird to like go in and kind of like break and tweak the reality that 
like you've already put such strict boundaries around in such kind of strange and commercial ways. I don't know. I'm yeah. I can go either way on it. So in Super Mario Brothers, that's the most limiting control style if you make a level in that in that uh, sense. Uh, but in or in that style, but in Super Mario and in Super Mario Brothers three, you could pick up uh, shells, for example, like you can in the original game. Um, Super Mario World introduces also some other elements like the turning blocks uh yoshi can be picked up in there um and then new super mario brothers u allows you as i said before to uh triple jump and wall jump as well which i wait which i made two levels completely designed around um so yeah th those are the the yeah, the differences uh next to just the aesthetics for me in making courses i just i never really took off of it unfortunately and I was kind of half of my time with it. I was just like, I wish I could just not have a Super Mario Maker, but have a Super Mario player. And then I thought to myself, <laughs> well, actually, I've had that for the last kind of couple of decades of my life. So why don't I just go and play something that someone <laughs> professionally has made before in the past? You know, and it's just kind of a bit like every time I turned Mario Maker on, I never really felt like I was getting 100% out of it. And, hmm. you know, I wanted to... I, I admire it and I really wanted to 100% like get it, submerge myself in it. But my attention span for making levels is so all over the shop. And l like we said earlier, when it comes to playing, I'd, I'd much rather play what someone at actually Nintendo has made rather than, you know, some, some Joe in London. Do you know what I mean? It, it, there's this, there's such a, I can't not feel it. And so when I'm not creating the courses, I feel like I've paid for a significant part of the game that I'm barely even touching. And, you know, I've still got the copies of the game upstairs. I haven't sold them on because I know, you know, because in Mario Maker 2, for example, I made levels specifically for Ivy to jump up and, you know, there's no enemies. It's just one jump. It, that That's a fundamental of Mario, right? So you, mm -hmm. you give it to a three-year-old or now she's nearly four and she can, you know, and then we do it two-player where we play as the cats and we, used to, we run up the trees and stuff. I keep Mario Maker 2 for those kind of moments where we want to just have our own pace with it. I can only go so far with my my imagination and just, unfortunately, I just don't have it. I really love the different uh, different game styles that you can kind of create stuff within. Um, I, I, the only kind of frustration is that uh, sometimes you spend a while creating a level in a certain style mm -hmm. and you're kind of working towards like a big punchline at the end or something that like really kind of ties the design together and then you realize that the tool that you needed for that one is not in that game's construction set and you just like slap yourself in the forehead like oh man oh, yeah. i should have checked beforehand but uh yeah i i think that uh super mario bros 3 super mario world are uh, really great additions to um to this game's language I I never really liked the way that new Super Mario Bros. looks like that whole aesthetic. Like it, it feels mm -hmm. very like the type of Mario that is licensed out for like cereal box promotions. Like it's Mario <laughs> and he's never been more corporately approved. Like it's just it yeah. just feels like the it's, most it's very, generic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it just feels very sterile. But I do like that you can wall jump in it. And so, you know, I... I use it sometimes, but I was really glad in um, in the sequel when they introduced uh, Super Mario 3D World style because yeah. it gives you that same kind of like flexibility of mechanics and wall jumping, but puts it in a world yeah. that is a little bit more kind of like 
uh, expressive, a little bit less plastic and producty, um, a yeah. little bit more kind of visually appealing. No, I know what you mean. This is almost a different discussion, um, but yeah, it's definitely the new Super Mario Brothers uh, games have a definitely an aesthetic problem. Although I think they have little charming flourishes in there, like yeah. for example, the little enemy animations and uh, and stuff like that. I think they have some of the best backgrounds as well. Like I love the like uh, diagonal mountain thing that they got going yeah. on in the background yeah. of the grass worlds. Like that's that's a brilliant touch. Yeah. Yeah, or the uh, the desert with the faces uh, in the background is, uh, is cool as well. I'm sorry, but yeah. the the Waz are unforgivable. I'll never forgive them for the Waz. I I, yeah. I that that theme from Super Mario Brothers, the new Super Mario Brothers, is stuck in my head constantly, and I just and not for the right reasons. That's kind of a throwback to the N64 one, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, and um, Super Mario Sunshine has a lot of Y. Mm. Yeah, oh yes, it well. does. Yeah, but um. I think the biggest crime of uh, that whole aesthetic of New Super Mario Bros. U is that they kept just kept on recycling assets over and over again rather than creating new ones. Mm. So it all feels too familiar at one point. You, New Super Mario Bros. U, actually changed a little bit around of the uh, the assets and added some new There was that one ghost level that was kind of painterly, kind of like a... Um, yeah like a Van Gogh type of style that they use yeah, in all yeah, the marketing exactly. materials. And there was literally just one level. In the one level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, can't, you can't use the style in Super Mario. Maybe, no, that's a real shame. <laughs> you can't use that as a filter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then there are the different themes. You can do a ground level, regular level. You can do an underground level. You can do an underwater level. You can do a ghost house, an airship and a castle in this first game. And, one cool thing that I was doing, for example, is I'd made a standard Super Mario Brothers one castle, but then I created a, haunt, a hidden haunted uh, attic in there. So if you would find a secret pipe, then you would fall, all of a sudden find yourself in a in a ghost house theme with some very spooky stuff going on. I think it'd be interesting if you can transfer between game types in uh, with like warp pipes and stuff. I, I don't think you can do it, but that would be an interesting addition yeah. to a future game. Yeah, it was there was quite a con- controversial move, which kind of echoes Guitar Hero and all that, in that it kind of unlocked bits and bobs the more you played mm. it, right? Yeah, so, that is true. Um, you, you couldn't have access to every single item and ability from day one. You had to kind of wait a certain amount of days, I do believe. Yeah. And um, I think I remember people getting quite frustrated with that. I could see why they would do it because they don't want to give you, yeah. You know, chuck I think you it was more based on how many levels you've created to before you. Uh, before oh, okay. you would unlock new stuff. Well, actually, no, that hmm. first one was only based on days because you could actually time yeah. travel oh, really? with your system clock. Okay. Yeah, to to unlock yeah. everything if you oh, wanted wow. to. I didn't do that, but I, I um but yeah. I, I I remember watching videos where people had done that before. You can yeah. see why they do it because they don't want to maybe overwhelm people with too many options right from the yeah. from jump. Yeah. But uh, yeah. 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 It 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 sucks because uh, maybe you cannot you you know you cannot just re-upload, uh, or you can not just overwrite a level that you've already uploaded with uh, that you want to enhance with with new objects, of course. So, uh, with all the expanded stuff you could do in Super Mario Maker, there were also limits, of course. Uh, I don't want to get into all the details, but there are definitely limits on the amount of blocks and enemies you could uh, put into a level. And if you would make a really expansive level, like I tended to do the further I got into the uh, level creation tool, um, at, you would at some point just find yourself with a lot of grayed out options in the menu all of a sudden. Yeah, there's, there's obviously memory in the console, right? And it can, like, me- like when I on the Mega Drive, when I put 
15 million rings or what felt like it onto the screen and watch your mega drive just kind of ever so slightly pop and crackle you think yeah they've got to be limitations on you know hardware and therefore the software because if you could just put a million things down you know mm. hey it'd be rubbish but also don't think yeah. the machine could handle it yeah so uh, the game of course has been updated uh, a lot since its original release uh, i don't want to get into all the updates but some very uh, noteworthy updates were the ones where they started adding extra objects basically to play around with. So on November 4th, 2015, um, we got checkpoint flags added to Super Mario Maker, one for each sub area. So you could actually place uh, checkpoints in there, which was, yeah, a very uh, welcome addition, right? So you mm, can definitely in your larger levels, you wouldn't force people to start all over again right before the ending. But that, that for me was a big thing because playing someone's you know, rough level and then dying seemingly out of nowhere. It reminded me of um, 1001 Spikes, a game that I didn't really get on with back in the day. It kind of felt like that. You just, oh, you died because, you know, internet humor. And you're like, no, no. Yeah. So yeah, having the checkpoints there for obvious reasons, yeah, it definitely helped. Yeah. And on the December 21 update, that was version 1.30, um, they added uh, actually a bunch new bunch of new uh, elements. So... Uh, a Koopa Clown car, you could be shaken uh, into a fire Koopa Clown car. And yeah, this was really um, sort of the reason for me to to create a, a 2D side-scrolling shooter level uh, because you could actually mm. charge up your uh, your shots into uh, big, big um, fireballs. And yeah, instead of just firing downwards, if you would have a fire flower, so it would shoot from the mouth. And if you would have a fire flower equipped, um, you could uh, also do a spread shot with it, which was really cool. Uh, shaking a warp door would uh, tra- could transform it into a P warp door that would only be uh, yeah that would only appear if you would hit a P switch. So that was uh, cool to create puzzle li- levels with. I remember watching a lot of Giant Bomb at this point, and there were some nefarious things going on with those P switches, especially with the P warp doors. It was um. That was kind of where I ended up most of my time with Mario Maker, was watching Dan Reichert and Patrick Klepik go at it <laughs> yeah. 1v1s, you know, and then you watch them play each other's levels. And the, yeah, the, the some of the stuff you could do with the P switches and the doors, it's just like, mm. like it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And then a grinder could be turned into a bumper, a donut shaped object, uh, which uh, bounces away anything that touches it. I never played much with this element. I found it more annoying than interesting. But uh, yeah, I could maybe more experimentation would uh, lead to some interesting level concepts with it. Anyone had fun with that? I uh, I remember a particular death trap that my friend Ray had designed for me, where if you fell into <laughs> if you fell into a uh, an array of these bumpers, you'd essentially just bump for eternity if you fell in the wrong spot because it would bump you up and down, up and down, up and down. So I mean, really, just used to torment me, but um, never quite used it myself. And then there was a final big update on March 9th, 2016, which added uh, the skewer. You know, those big things, oh, thing, yeah. things uh, skewers that yeah, shoot out from the wall with spikes uh, on, on the side. That, uh, uh-huh. yeah, if you would shake a twomp, it would uh, turn into a skewer. A P warp door could be shaken to transform it into a lock door. <laughs> and then uh, you this could. This is Alice in Wonderland yeah, kind exactly. of stuff, isn't it? Like, how far does the rabbit yeah. hole go? Exactly. And uh, uh, yeah, you would have to open it with a key that you could hide into a level, a key item. Or, uh, yeah, that uh, if you would shake a P switch, it would turn into a key. Uh, you could uh, p- 
put a key onto an enemy as well that if you defeated the enemy you would get the key so you could yeah sort of um design a uh, boss type obstacle for a locked door as well and then another item new item that um yeah sort of uh, linked into that was uh shaking coins to turn them into red coins and if you or pink coins they were called officially um so if you would then collect all the hidden uh pink coins or red coins uh, you could uh, get a key and open up so i created this one level that was basically like a metroid style level which you had to search all the nook and crannies for the different coins to finally get the key to be able to yeah mm. complete the level with it nice a lot of stuff to play around with so that leads us to um yeah my question to you guys um and darren has gone into this a little bit already are you a super mario maker player or creator or a little bit of both maybe i mean not to give it away but kind of neither because i don't want to make stuff because i can't mm. and I, if i want to play stuff i don't want to i've had enough of my i've had enough of the the randomness of it all like i've played some really good stuff recently actually like i'm not going to dismiss the whole thing as like oh i don't like it because you know, i love mario i love 2d platformers but whenever i play mario maker one or two i always end up playing a bunch of rubbish a bunch of guff that I've, i just feel like my time's wasted Mm. Like I've got very little time at the moment as it is. So when I'm playing like some arbitrary nonsense that kills me out of nowhere, I'm just like, oh, just go away. Like you can give up and you can go to the next one. That's fine. Yeah. And I have played some really good stuff. I played some like there was some there was a quiz game where you had to like you know answer these questions, and I was like, I can't believe people are making this. And Suits have has made some brilliant levels. One involving like a spike kind of, or just a death trap full of spikes. And I'm you know it's such a hard platforming game. Yeah, I, I played that one as well. Yeah, good. I cleared it and I was really like, I was really impressed. And I was like, oh, that was, that was really well done. And I've yeah. also played it um, side by side, passing the pad. Mm. And it, I found that to be more enjoyable, but I've never felt the pull to go back to it. So play or create, very rarely it's play. And, you know, even more rare, rarer than that, it's creating, unfortunately. But that's just the way, the way I'm feeling. Brian. I yeah I was I created a ton of levels but I I wasn't very good at it and I knew that and it's not like this isn't like a like being self-deprecating I can do that with the best of them but they like I just yeah I didn't didn't have the hand for level design but I really found it relaxing to make a level like to sit to point out the blocks and you know just kind of decide where everything everything went I, I've never been a very um artistic in 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 that type of way in like either drawing or constructing i'm not very good at any of it so i didn't really lean towards it but this was kind of mm -hmm. just like a, a great game for me to kind of sit back and chill out and then try to make a make something to 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 get my buddy um a little mad at me um so i made a lot of levels but i i never really ex like thought of them as as particularly good or bad but they were just mine you know and i did like that mm. part of it i still go back now and I'll, I'll make mario maker 2 levels just for me you know um i'll post them when i'm done if i if i you know if i complete them or not but sometimes it's just nice to play around with those tool sets and just kind of like it's like it's kind of like playing with like toys from your childhood a little bit, you know. Like you got the blocks and your the shells, and you can kind of play within your own little diorama. And and sometimes I'll just do that for a while and put it down. So, um, and then as time goes on, uh, much like Darren and I already kind of talked about it before. I I love playing good Mario Maker levels. The problem is that I, I just unless I see one shared on Twitter or uh, on the Kanerans forum when we first started out, that people were sharing all the time. It was great. 
But as mm-hmm. that kind of died down, I guess I'm just not die hard enough to go seek it out like some people will. You know, if I see a good level pop up on Twitter, I'll go on and play it. But unless yeah. it's something, you know, that that really is is wide reaching, I, I don't go on and, and play that much anymore. Right. Ryan. I think I kind of transitioned between the two games. Like in number one, I really enjoyed making. In number two, they kind mm-hmm. of took away a lot of the tools that I enjoyed using the most. So yeah. I kind of drifted away from making and spent most of my most of my time with two with the single player mode, um, kind of creating or playing through those uh, Nintendo created levels. But I'll say, and this is kind of a terrible terrible thing to admit on uh, the Canon Rinse podcast, but I two D platformers are like some of my favorite games of all time. But like I've never been that big of a fan of the Mario ones. <laughs> which is like Hmm. stupid and ridiculous like mario ones are kind of like the archetypical (laughs) like some of the most high highly rated games of all time but like every time i go to mario bros 3 and super mario world and yoshi's island the ones that have like really gotten like the real top tier um you know being remembered in that way by the community i just uh they never feel to me like they give me the experience that i go to uh um platformers for for some reason like i'm more of the Mm -hmm. kind of like like organic um type of feeling like a rayman origins and ori in the blind forest and that type of of platformer and even stuff like donkey Kong country where it's a little bit more sure-footed and a little bit less kind of like slippery than mario tends to be um i just i don't know i find the kind of like intersection between the like high demand of mario for precision and the like slipperiness of his um, physics kind of rile me up a little bit. <laughs> um, right. Interesting. Now, and, and that's something I was thinking about as well, because due to the limitations of the games, or maybe not limitations, but design choices of the Mario games. Yeah. You can't really make those kind of organic type yeah. of levels in super Mario maker, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I did play a little bit more, but it's not something that I, I wasn't, dying for more at the end of the story i was kind of like okay i've i've seen what they have i'm ready to move on to something else right well as for me playing or creating i was in this from day one to create stuff right so i i really wanted to have those tools to to create uh 2d platform levels and to sort of yeah really get get practicing that like like how do you have objects interact with each other how do you do you create interesting challenges and my whole approach this whole time has been to sort of create the levels that I would want to play, which I find very little of on uh, the surface if I just download random levels, which is uh, kind of more sprawling levels that uh, have twists and turns and make you feel excited, very much rooted in traditional Mario designs, um, but then, you know, with some surprises thrown your way. So, yeah, so some some... I'm not particularly a fan of levels like Kaizo type levels that are just all spikes and all challenges because the sense of exploration and wonder doesn't exist in those type of levels, which is also why I don't click much with stuff like uh, Super Meat Boy or Celeste or games like this, that where you just have to do a lot of wall jumping and spike uh, evasion and, and, and things like that. And yeah, whereas I do enjoy a nice uh, 2D shooter where you're the yeah, where you're surrounded by by bullets uh, at all times and it's because 
I, even though they're gruelingly hard, I still enjoy the act of playing, whereas I don't re particularly enjoy navigating a platform course uh, with spikes all surrounding me with a very prescriptive way of getting through it. Because I like my platform games to yeah give me more of a mm. more of a sense of a journey you know like the 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 starting point of the level and the ending point of the level yeah that sort of has to feel like a journey for me and i feel i find very little of those types of levels uh on the surface so i have been creating mostly in super mario maker um and i remember getting the game uh, and and spending a lot of time with it, but not nearly enough. But then in the first Christmas holidays, uh, I, did, I didn't actually have a lot of work to do. I took some time off. I was uh, I would start maybe after the kids had gone to bed, like nine o'clock. I would start creating. I would start building a level. And it wasn't uncommon for me to sort of look at the clock and see it was four in the morning, and just have to decide to to stop it there. And then I could really lose myself in the creation process so yeah i've definitely i've definitely really been into the creation creation process of uh, super mario uh, maker uh i did like sharing levels or downloading levels of uh, people that i knew uh, just you know sharing uh, levels back and forth um but not so much just picking random levels and you know hoping you get something good um going through the 100 or 10 mario challenges and you know, you also kind of miss that framework, right, of a traditional Mario game where you sort of make not only a progression through a level or a journey through the level, but through a whole game that is concise with some sort of rhyme or reason between uh, the levels, how they're stacked together. So in that sense, Super Mario Maker, to play it, could never really replace uh, a traditional Mario game for me. Um, so, yeah, all about the creation myself, really. So on the forum we had uh, Tom Ren, uh, Tom Red, sorry, weighing in on this, uh, and he said, "Not being particularly creatively minded, I appreciate the versatility of Mario Maker's level editor. Granted, a large majority of my thousands plus hours of gameplay across the Wii U and Switch has been focused solely on tackling an array of levels, from the challenging to the near impossible to the creative to the downright silly. I love these games and have no intention to stop playing anytime soon. So there, there's that perspective as well." Mm, yeah absolutely like infinite mario yeah definitely has a uh a certain appeal right yeah <clears throat> and i guess in a thousand plus hours you're gonna see a wide spread of quality i guess yeah definitely the 3ds port. there was a 3ds port. can you really call it a port darren has played it let us know <laughs> yeah I, like i said i borrowed it off our our foramite well yeah our friend uh, suits and uh yeah you know i i played the the pre-made you know the prefab levels that nintendo have put in there and you know it's very similar to the wii u one in that you know you finish a level a pigeon and a woman in their own quirky <laughs> mario paint way tell yeah. you you know oh you've just unlocked this thing and it does this thing and you're like okay yeah sure and yeah, yeah cool so it's very mario maker right and the fact that it's got no online capability is is an odd one but if you think about you know um well, not so much these days, but people getting together and, you know, sending them, especially in the Japanese region, you know, it kind of makes sense in some ways, but also it's a little bit of a kick in the teeth for those who have bought it and, you know, want to sh share their um, levels online. Mm -hmm. But from yeah. what I've played, the, the, the story mode in quotes, you know, whatever they want to call it, it's just a, it's just a good fun 
this is what you know this is what we made earlier kind of a blue peter you know come and have a go and see if you um enjoy it and i was you know there was a, there's a there's a good array of stuff to be played in there the one thing i did notice is that it's on the 3ds screen and it's you know it's quite a small screen the new 3ds mm-hmm. yeah but the actual the the display around mario feels massive Really? I can't work. I can't explain you. I can't really explain it very well because it's a visual thing. But Mario seems so small versus the rest of the environment around him. <laughs> it, it, the the levels seem absolutely ginormous, and it must be a pixel a, a ratio thing, right? So, you know, it, yeah. You know, pix- but I, I couldn't believe. It. I was like, "Am I normally?" I mean, the widescreen helps in this matter, but it, Mario feels absolutely minuscule in everything around him, and I don't know what they've done to make this illusion happen in front of me because you know it it, sh- it looks the same but when you start looking at it in like extra detail you think how is there so much blockage around him when really in a, in a traditional mario game there's not and it just seems really bizarre even compared to the wii u version of mario maker and the switch sequel mm. this 3ds one seems to have a dense amount of geometry around him and it's 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 bizarre it really threw me for a loop and interesting let's let's talk super mario maker 2 released on june 28th 2019 open critic ranking is one percent lower than that of the original game game super mario maker uh 88 and it again won a family game of the year dice award this time in uh, 2020 um, user reviews are also a little bit below the uh, Wii U version, or let's say the the predecessor. And the sales, though, are astronomic. No, astro- they're they're at least a million higher. So five point five million is the uh, VG charted sales number for uh, Super Mario Maker Two up until this point, and I imagine that will the number will still go up in the future, unlike the uh, Wii U version that I imagine. Not having a whole lot of room there to grow anymore. Yeah, Tom Red from the forum says, One might assume, due to the myriad of new features, that Mario Maker 2 is a straight upgrade. However, the first game has a couple of features that aren't present in the sequel. Firstly, the 100 Mario Challenge is a mode with a goal. Beat the required number of levels before you run out of lives. You either win or lose. Mario Mario Maker 2's counterpart, the Endless Mode, is a similar construct, but, but with one key difference it inevitably always ends in a loss. I believe that this leaves the player with a feeling of failure rather than triumph. The second feature present in the first Mario Maker allows players to download any course and deconstruct it in the editor. Yeah, good point. We haven't even talked about that. This is quite useful for practicing tougher segments of harder levels, figuring out how clever mechanics work, or even finding that pesky hidden block in an annoying troll level. While you can download any course in Mario Maker 2, they are only available to play offline. I think the transparency of how levels work on a mechanical level encourages creativity, which is an integral part of Mario Maker. In a lot of ways, Mario Maker 2 improves on what the first Mario Maker had to offer, but I feel as if it's a couple of features short of the ultimate package. Kind of echoing a little bit of what uh, Ryan was saying, right? Yeah, I'm going to definitely agree with that second point. Um, You know, being able to download somebody else's level and really kind of like dig into it, kind of the behind the scenes of how it was made, it feels like uh, mm. publishing an academic paper and citing your sources. You know, you want people yeah, to absolutely. to read the, you know, to see behind the magic and to see how it's created. Like it's part of like this 
this original game at least like came across as such like a they pitched it almost as an educational tool you know like in a mm-hmm. lot of their marketing it was yeah. it was kind of angling towards like hey if you have aspirations to maybe design video games when you grow up this is a great way into it whereas the second game yeah. was marketed more as like a toy or just as like another video game like i didn't get that same kind of educational angle from the like marketing that was put out there this yeah. time so mm. I, I feel like aspects like this which i don't know just feels like that felt like such like a, a um a really solid kind of uh statement of purpose of kind of like integrity almost of the um of the product mm. being created that uh it, it's it's a real shame to see that kind of go away in the second one do you think and uh, this is a point that we haven't even discussed actually um mario makers kaizo levels were really popular among streamers right it mm-hmm. became this really big thing yeah. among uh, streamers do you think mario maker 2 was more marketed towards that the sort of the hype uh of uh of streaming and, i mean if it was that? i don't feel like it really caught on with them like i haven't Mm. seen the same kind of and maybe it's just because the novelty is worn off but you know mario maker Mm. one for years following it definitely was very big after it's uh after it's released yeah with uh, patrick klepik would do his kind of daily morning streams of mario maker and it was it was a huge thing for a while and so you know you can maybe it's not fair to expect the sequel to such like a singularly unique game to have the same kind of like appeal um, but I, mm-hmm. I just I didn't see that same kind of community support for it um, publicly. Just speaking purely uh, of the UI, the interface difference, uh, the Wii U gamepad is definitely missed. And at first I thought like, okay, I'll just take the um, switch in handheld mode and just design away from the big screen, and I'll just use my my finger uh, on the touchscreen to to. Um, yeah, to create these levels, but then I figured like, okay, it's this is not really working that well, so let me just use some buttons in combination with the touchscreen, touch which uh, I started to get into a sort of a, a rhythm with that, and that worked out well. But now, uh, at this stage, like three weeks later, I find myself actually just comp- using the buttons, still doing uh, pl- uh, designing courses away from the TV, because it's just convenient, and mm-hmm. then you can play them later on the on the big screen. Um, but I completely find myself using the buttons and not the touchscreen anymore, um, because the shortcuts for the buttons are very well designed. Actually, when mm, once yeah. you get used to them, oh yeah, the you wheels, can really right? Quick, yeah. quickly, yeah, yeah. You and you can get quickly if you if you are finally familiar with what what button shortcuts there are, you can quickly move around. And then at that point, yeah, you can use your finger to draw some of the shapes on the screen, but it's not all that much better than just using the cursor for that at that moment. So right now I'm just just completely using the buttons to to create courses. And I put up with this because contrary to you guys, I think actually everything else make up makes up for it in the, in this game. Um, yeah, more on that. Yeah, so there's a story mode. Then there's the endless challenge that Tom Red was talking about as well. I haven't messed around with that yet. It doesn't sound too appealing to me. You know, it's it's interesting because you pick difficulty of level 
for it. Mm-hmm. So like you can pick yeah. like easy, medium, and like and sometimes because it's pulling from like player created levels and randomly just so like so like sometimes sometimes the scale of difficulty will be like it very roller coastery where like one level will be like the perfect challenge, the next level will be you know literally just the flag post will be you know a few blocks over because somebody was just testing out a creation, you know. Um, so it, it's a very very uneven experience. Yeah, it's it's. The 10 or 100 Mario challenge was much the same in the original game, mm-hmm. um, but it had an ending, of course, yeah. Uh, then, as we said before, the uh, Super Mario Maker bookmark site search function was uh, was added to this one. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I think, uh, for me at least, it's a lot easier to find the type of levels that I enjoy playing, even though I'm still not... I'm still spending way more time in the creator than or in the maker... Mm-hmm than in the the playing section. Um, And one cool feature also in it is, I think, that you can follow creators. So to uh, get updates on when somebody whose courses you generally enjoy has uploaded something new. That was nice at the very beginning um, when the when the Canerans forum was going. I followed um, you, Brian. Yeah, I, I know. I haven't. You. I, 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 you know, it's this this darn <laughs> this darn new baby is is sucking up so much of my time. Um, the yeah. uh, good, good one. Yeah, when we, when we had a. Uh, um, when 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 the game first came out and the Kane Rins forum was going on, um, like pretty hot and heavy with the sharing levels, it was really nice for that because like someone like Suits who was being very prolific, um, I just followed him and then when I log on the next day, I would just go to my follow creator and be like who did something new today and then it would show me like the three or four of the people that had done it. So that was that was really useful, especially if you have a you know a couple friends that are you know dedicated and committed to making levels on a semi-regular basis um it really that part did make it a lot easier still had a little trouble weeding out some of the musical auto run levels when i didn't want to get them but the tags do help but if somebody mistags their level you can't really you know you can't really do anything against that but there's a multiplayer now as well local and online online uh, I haven't tried it, but because I've heard nothing but bad stories yeah, about me it, me too. And I wasn't particularly keen on it anyway. Yeah, I I never tried the online um, multiplayer. Right. I, I've had I've had poor luck um, in general with with online multiplayer games on the Switch that that weren't Splatoon. So um, you played with that, uh, Ryan? No, I barely do any online stuff anyway. So yeah, Mario Maker wasn't yeah. going to be one that I was going to necessarily dabble with. Offline, um, you can also play. Uh, levels with uh, with two players and co-create courses together as well. My kids are doing that from time to time. Oh, is yeah. it just madness? Me, I imagine so it's much. chaos. Yeah, but they seem to enjoy <laughs> oh, it. Good. And they usually are quick to start arguments when playing together. <laughs> but they were playing together quite harmoniously, funnily <laughs> enough, which I didn't expect. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then there is a completely new game style, Super Mario 3D World, that uh, changes... The way physics works, the way, yeah, the the whole objects, uh, there's even elements uh, from the background. It's still a 2D platformer, but you can, for example, have these Banzai Bill uh, bullets shoot from the background to the foreground to, uh, towards you. Hey, Cat Bowser. I mean, that's it. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah. I feel like there was a lot that was planned for this game that never made it into the final game. I, mm. I think a lot of people picked up at launch uh, that... Game styles, right? Yeah, it was kind of pluralized uh, additional game styles, which led people to think yeah. that, you know, there would be more than one additional game style supported, <laughs> whether it's uh, Mario Bros. 2 or whatever. But um, in, in recent updates, they've removed the S from that. So now it is just oh, really? additional game style, which which is also kind of oh, weird. Because it's like, why are these four... 
like the canon game titles and then this one is yeah. the additional one it's just strange but and, and they also yeah. said before version 3.0 came out that this was the last major content yeah. update that's what they said um really? so yeah so i mean i i would to be fair it's a big one but yeah oh yeah, sure a, game, a new game style yeah i would think would that i would think a new game style would be considered a major update so i i'm yeah there's always going to be that hole there in the menu. I love like so. a Paper Mario or something that really kind of mixes up the aesthetic a lot more than uh, the current set of ones do. But I think yeah. what a lot of people were kind of hoping for, maybe this is setting expectations too high. But at the same time, it's a $60 product. So like, you know, expectations like should be high. Um, I think what a lot of people it- were hoping for is that you could start actually designing levels in 3D. Um, I think especially using 3D World lends itself to this because 3d world levels are already kind of like they're more kind of isometric than uh mario 64 mario sunshine type levels they're less exploratory they're more kind of like grid and block based and so if even a movement is less analog yeah so it's really easy to consider like creating something like this in 3d especially since dreams is i mean dreams is doing more than would be necessary for a 3d world um type of uh mario maker type of level but it just Mm -hmm. feels like the implementation that they gave it of taking something that was so integral to the title that it made it into the game's title itself basically taking that out of it and uh condensing it down to what is like i mean more appealing than the new super mario bros style from an aesthetic perspective but not like night and day difference um it's just like it seemed like a very strange inclusion and when it could have been something that like really would have mixed up the formula a lot more here's what will happen if if there's a new game style coming it will be paid dlc yeah probably but I mean, I, Ryan, th- those are all those are all well well said points. But may I may I present my counter argument, Cat Bowser. Now I don't want to yeah. discount Meowser. Yeah, Meowser. 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 Oh man, I just yeah. that that is so that is my brand of of stupid. I I love that so much. But I but I do yeah. agree with you completely. It's it it is it is odd to to take that style and flatten it because that style is so vibrant in 3D. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a. It was a choice. I think it was supposed to be 3D and they took it out. Like it, it, it was going over so? scope or something like that. It felt mm. like a decision I think, that I think was pivoted it's, uh, late it, in development. Huh, yeah. I think even though uh, Super Mario 3D World is is less analog, it's still a mace, massive shift from from a pure 2D game. So, yeah. It seems like overly ambitious if Although also, another point to kind of support this argument is that the the kind of interim screens in the single player mode are in that kind of isometric 3d. So yeah, Mm. this game does have a fully kind of like 3d movement engine built into it. It's just that you can't use it to build stuff. And so I would have loved to build those kind of like, you know, blocky 3d, uh, you know, it's more kind of like Sonic 3d blast than it is super Mario sunshine anyways, or even to build like captain toad levels, like so much possibility there. (laughs) There are in Super Mario 3D World. There are, of course, uh, a whole bunch of side-scrolling 2D bits as well in there. It didn't feel that strange mm-hmm. to me, and for me, the jury, the jury is still out because I just couldn't wait to go back to the older game styles and toy around with all the, yeah, all the new yeah. uh, possibilities in there. So I haven't, re- I have yet to really dive into uh, Super Mario 3D World ge- uh, as a game style. Yeah, yeah. So creation bits uh there are 
four new level themes. There's a sky theme, a desert theme, which is great, a snow theme, and a forest theme. All really cool aesthetic additions, all with their own little quirks as well. Slopes. Now, this is actually, you know, it seems like such a small thing to add, but this is something I was actively crying out for all the time when making levels in Super Mario Maker 1. Because, you know, ever, since Super Mario Brothers 3, that's just such an integral part of those kind of stages, you know, the, the, the slopey hills that you can roll and skid off uh, uh, oh, and yeah. slide off of. Yep. And, yeah, I, as soon as I saw the trailer, slopes, I was on board for Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah, they, it was me, a big it, part. It's a big deal. It was a big part of that E3 trailer, too. It was like, you know, like yeah. one of the first big features, like slopes, and you could just kind of yeah. feel the energy be like, yes, <laughs> finally. And the first level I made in, the first course I made in Super Mario Maker 2 was uh, all based around slopes. That's awesome. So there you go. Yeah, I could I could really enjoy all my slope uh, feelings of, uh, yeah, you know, all my, all, my, all my urge to build slopes from that point on. <laughs> <laughs> from a um, from a yeah. marketing perspective, that feels like kind of a weird thing to introduce with because uh, you know they had the they had the trailer that started off looking like a regular Mario Maker level, and then they kind of like erased the like stair step pattern, replaced it with a slope, and that was kind of yeah. like the reveal moment that something is new. But I feel like slopes versus kind of a stair step pattern is such like a it it doesn't feel like the kind of thing that like i feel like most players would have really latched on to like it feels yeah. like such a maybe not most players but for me they got yeah, me. the yeah, trailer sure. was made for me and <laughs> definitely among the creator community like it's something that was really um warmly embraced but like to kind yeah. of like make that your reveal moment <laughs> feels like such a such a weird <laughs> detail <laughs> to really cling on to but it's yeah. uh yeah i'm glad they they added that i think it adds and something I... Yeah, I I did I do have to say that I was I managed to um yeah sort of uh, hold off on my desire for slopes for quite a few months before I actually got the game. So there's <laughs> that as well. <laughs> um, some other really cool additions uh, that I find a little bit disappointing uh, now that I've toyed around with them are water levels and lava levels. Water are water sort of the the water level is sadly only contained to the uh, forest stages, yeah, which is uh, a bit a bit of a missed opportunity for me. And also, what I miss, I mean, there is sort of a, a, a water height that you can set, and you can let let the water ra uh, raise and fall. But I mi I actually just wanted to be able to draw bodies of water. Mm. So, like for example, you could create like a, a basin somewhere in a level with with water mm -hmm. in it and, uh, and, yeah. and things like that. I feel it's uh, it's still too too limited. Yeah, it's a bit of a missed opportunity there. I agree. Uh, even if like you could just set a water level, like like I mean, set where the height of the water is, and I don't know. There's 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 room yeah, there is, for that is possible. Yeah, I mean that's possible. Yeah. But you know, I I agree with you though. Like like. Like kind of like a just a a capped like you know like like you said just kind of like a a dip like a pit with some water in it go down back up and there it seemed like that you know and I'm not a yeah. game designer but um that that seems like a, a little bit of a missed opportunity there yeah you could say like oh maybe it causes complications when people draw bodies of water without having anything to hold it mm -hmm. but I mean a lot of the Mario games have like bodies of water suspended in midair as well <laughs> right or like yeah. it's, it's something like Do donkey kong jungle beat as well it's like, true uh, jelly cubes and water cubes yeah what do you know uh, about donkey kong jungle beat mikhail way more than it's healthy <laughs> <laughs> uh nighttime courses yeah not just an aesthetical change and not just a change 
in the music, but it changes how objects uh, behave. As yeah, well. like re- re- how re- levels are, are behave as well. Yeah, reverse gravity Very... on the Super Mario Three, I think, is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, and there, um... yeah, in the underground levels, there's so yeah. many things that yeah. uh, that change. It's it's too much to mention, actually. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, why not make all these kind of like specific physics changes, like toggles that you can apply to anything instead of there's such like a yeah. a long kind of staircase of things that you have to remember to get to if That's you want true. to do a low gravity level <laughs> you have to right. know the yeah. specific yeah. game you have to know the the yeah. world it type has it has to be in style yeah yeah no I, I i see your point there yeah i'm just thrilled that all that stuff is in yeah. there and there's just so many possibilities a lot so of love went into stuff this to experiment with yeah yeah uh, originally on its uh, original release there were some new course objects as well there was a swinging claw which is great the, uh, those the are I- brilliant oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that claw is awesome yeah uh, icicles uh, Bansai Bill which is the big uh, bullet bill basically <laughs> uh, the spike enemies the little green dudes that spit up uh, spiky balls and then uh, hurl them at you <laughs> and uh, the rotten mushroom which is kind of a secret object that you have to unlock actually which is the uh, enemy mushroom that chases you when you uh, push it out of a block. And uh, another creator tool thingy was also that you're now able to set level clear conditions rather than just reaching the mm, ball. Yeah. I haven't messed around with that, that too much. That's yet. honestly my favorite new addition to Mario Maker 2. Cool. I um I made a level yeah. where I, I think I called it Bowser Hunt or something like that, uh, where I put four Bowsers through four doors in different scenarios. You had to beat them and you couldn't couldn't get the flagpole without being all four. I, I like to introduce those challenges to levels. I like playing people's levels who did that. Um, uh, it, it does have limited functionality. I mean, it just kind of grays out the flagpole. It's not like you can really. It's not like you can make a door appear after you do certain things. But um, mm. but yeah. It but it yeah. but it is a neat addition. It's a really kind of a a neat idea of like how can you give people more ways to you know rather than just reach reach the end or to defeat the boss. Like how do you like how do you make these levels something even different? So it's a pretty cool addition. There yeah. were ways that you could do this before. Whether it's like you know, putting pink coins behind bosses and stuff like that to eventually kind of like unlock a a key or something like that. But I feel like just kind of creating a separate field that is for like win condition teaches people good habits in uh, game design. Anyways, it kind of encourages creativity that makes Mm -hmm. people think like, Oh, maybe like even just like the fact that option is there in the first place, puts the idea yeah. in people's minds that like there's more that you can do in a Mario level than just like physically making it to the end of the level. Um, and so, you know, yeah. even if it's technically not necessary, like it's still, uh, still think it adds a lot. Yeah. And there are quite a, a big bunch of uh, different level clear conditions that you can set. Did you, uh, what, what other uh, level clear conditions did you play around with? Brian? Uh, I like, um, I think you can set like a number of coins to collect to, yeah. to unlock the exit. I think that one's a clever yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I did one of those too. That made made one that was particularly a pain in the butt <laughs> for it's my good friends for creating of mine. kind of arcade. Yeah, type you get you get well. a little bit like those Mario sixty four uh, moments where you to uh, to get the final star in a yeah. world, you yeah, have to find all the coins, right? <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was not all. Of course, we've had three big updates to Super Mario Maker two. Uh, yeah, a lot of functionalities were added, but I'll just go over some of the uh, important creator stuff. Spike balls were added in the first, uh, no, in the second update, that is. Uh, Snowballs were added. Pokies and snow pokies, which are great. Um, 
P blocks, so blocks that will appear only when you hit a P switch. Dash blocks for for uh, running. I think that's the soup. That's in the Super Mario 3D World style. Mm-hmm. Frozen coins, which are also I had. A, I also already had a lot of fun with, and the Master Sword, which is a big addition. So it's kind of like the mystery mushroom that gives you a link costume, but it actually just extends beyond the costume. It gives you links abilities from the first legend of zelda yeah so, so you get a sword you get a bow a shield and bombs. yeah the the bow uh, i played a bunch of levels like this in this style uh, about a week ago getting ready for the podcast and uh the bow puzzles some of that stuff is very interesting like putting up a big yeah. power of blocks and having to hit a pow block by arcing an yeah. arrow shot that that was really interesting i could definitely see some of the more advanced creators just kind of going wild with that 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 seemed really yeah, neat with the on and off switches yeah right? exactly yeah really that's cool. also the on and off switches so is also uh, a new element that i forgot to mention yeah. in this game yeah it feels like an interesting kind of statement of purpose like you know instead of amiibo costumes that all kind of essentially still handle like mario like what if we put like a different character with their entire move set into this game and what you kind of like create and play around with that. And, you know, if they had expanded that even not to the full amiibo roster, because that's a lot of work that they would be signing up for, but a handful of characters, you know, Samus, Simon Belmont, Mega Man, you know, that would be, I think that would be interesting. I think. Yeah. If like, since it is just link, it's not to me worth taking all of the amiibo out <laughs> like that's too little in return <laughs> right. for how much we lost but still like it's a yeah. really cool <laughs> idea and like maybe it's something they'll revisit for like a mario maker 3 in the future i don't know i agree i th- I, I do think there there's there's so much potential there when you talk about those other characters you were referring to that you feel like you could do more with that and i i do agree completely that losing all the the skins from the amiibos from last time was was a big loss especially for the people who had Definitely. invested in it so um but yeah that yeah. um yeah i could see that in the future for sure yeah for example you know it reminds me of those uh rom hacks where you play super mario brothers with uh, simon belmont yeah, with his yeah. abilities <laughs> and that, that sort of stuff so you can do that as well yeah those kind of things um in that same second update they also added ninja speed runs yeah being that i spent way more time creating i haven't toyed around with that either yet but i know that suits um has also uh played quite a bunch of that so the funny thing what this does is that um it shows other people's speed runs attempt in a level um as little ninja characters from super mario brothers 2 or super mario brothers usa uh, that sort of uh, skid around the level. So you see all these little black thingies uh, yeah, sort of swarm through the <laughs> level alongside you. And then the third update was a massive one. Came out uh, on April 22nd, only a few months back. And it added 4-1, the Super Mario Brothers 2 or Super Mario Brothers USA mushroom, which changes you in Mario from uh, that game. And now all of a sudden you're not stomping goombas anymore but you're riding on top of them and you can pluck them up from the ground you, and toss them around you have to imagine that they play tested this as a as its own mode right yeah. you would have to think yeah um and, but just yeah. because so there's so much that went into this just the the change of the physics the the different abilities the the not just the look of the character i mean like like literally being able to to implement i mean to, to physically interact with the with the enemies in a completely different way i mean that's a lot mm-hmm. of work um so you yeah. so you would think they they must have just come to the conclusion that a full mode wouldn't have either they either wouldn't have got the investment that it would have needed back 
or that it just wasn't going to work properly. Um, but yeah, it's ne- it's neat that it's in there. I-, I toyed around with this a little bit, and it just seems like a seems like a really really kind of cool addition to kind of scratch that itch without maybe giving people everything they wanted. But you know, it- it's it's yeah. it's implementing it. This to me reads as another yeah. uh, piece of evidence that the game was more ambitious <laughs> on paper than it ended up becoming. All right, Phoenix, right? I mean, just <laughs> you know. Just because it's like, <laughs> you know, the a certain amount of work definitely had gone into this, but I can see it like being difficult to like fully populate the item list and to create Super Mario Bros. Two versions of everything of like a what 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 would Bowser be like in Super Mario Bros. Two and what would you know mm-hmm. all of these different yeah. objects? Do you have to create an entirely new suite of objects that are just for that? And it, I, like I could just see the kind of round table of developers not agreeing on a few kind of key, like how Bowser mm, would yeah. behave or whether they replace him with Birdo yeah. or whatever. And so, you know, yeah. I think with Wart, that reason, replace him with yeah, Wart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think for that reason, this style got scrapped. That's the, um, that's the narrative that I'm going to believe until we get a tell all memoir 10 years down the road. <laughs> <laughs> which you never get with them. yeah <laughs> they'll tell you exactly what they want to yep. tell you this is exactly how we planned it even, from the beginning even in the interviews yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah a bunch more stuff frog suit from super mario brothers 3 the power balloon from super mario brothers 2 which functions differently it's like a like a rocket type of item with with farty uh farty sounds when you're sort of like <laughs> yeah. flying different directions uh the super acorn from uh, new super mario brothers u the boomerang flower the cannon box the propeller box the goomba mask the bullet bill mask, a red POW or POW box, and uh, Bowser's unlawful kits. The Koopalings mm-hmm. were also added in yep. there, which is a really cool addition. Uh, so you have now quite a f- variety of uh, of boss characters to choose from because the the Boom Booms were also added to this game as well, of course. Um, the curse key was also added, the on and off trampoli- trampoline, uh, and the dotted line block for Super Mario 3D World. And then three variations of Mecha Koopa, a regular Mecha Koopa, a blaster Mecha Koopa that fires projectiles, and a Zappa Mecha Koopa that sort of fires an electrical laser beam. And finally, the World Maker was added to yeah, this that's, as well. Yeah, that's huge. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, we we kind of did this. Limitations to it again, but yeah. really cool, nevertheless. Yeah. We kind of did that artificially in the first one, me and my buddy Ray. We would like like create just kind of like, you could only upload a certain amount of courses at a time, so we would pretend like that was the world, and try, you'd have to play through the whole thing or whatever, sit side by side yeah. and just do it that way. It's nice to have it visually, you know, represented as an actual world, though. It's just, a, it's a, I haven't played with it yet, I haven't had the time, um, but I'd love to go back and attempt to create a series of four or five levels that have a thematic through line, you know, to keep them all together. It's, that seems like like something that's been missing for quite some time, and it's nice that it's there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we can we can say that now with all these features, Super Mario Maker Two, you can spend hours upon hours in this game now, as you know, messing around with the uh, with the creation tool, and still barely scratching the surface. It's it's really immense. Um, so it's as far as the creation aspect goes, it's almost bearing still some limitations everything that i would uh, would wish for in a uh, yeah editor tool for for 2d mario games i've been really busy the past week i haven't been able to play any games at all but uh, all these ideas are running through my head to make more <laughs> courses in this game 
nonstop. So I can't, I can't wait to spend more time with it again. Yeah, the preparation for this podcast has definitely re-peaked my interest. It's been the only cart that's been in my Switch for the last uh, week. I, I, I'm really looking forward to diving back in and creating some super mediocre levels to torment you with, <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's 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 exchange. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, let's do it. So we got uh, a creator post by Stanchel on the forum about Super Mario Maker 2. And he says, I made only one level in Super Mario Maker 2. It was a very stressful 10-second sprint to the flag, and it took me about 10 hours to finally feel satisfied with it. It was called A Career in Logistics, and it was a satirical take on the inhumane pressure of working in the delivery industry. I tweaked the placement of every single falling box, conveyor belt, and obstacle until I finally felt that it was the perfect balance of exciting, tense, challenging, and exhilarating. I couldn't wait to share it. And of course, it was awful. A few mates on various forums played it and generously slogged their way through it, but I quickly realized that it was a cruel, unpredictable trial and error grind made even worse by an enemy at the very last millisecond, which would often bump you over the top of the flagpole depending on RNG. At the time, I had thought this was a serendipitous touch of of black magic, but it was actually just annoying. (laughs) As I listened to feedback and reactions, I realized how I'd misjudged it. And I started to understand how much skill, intelligence, and experience are involved in good level design. Not only did it give me an even greater appreciation and respect for Nintendo's in-house teams, but also for the amateur Mario Maker enthusiasts out there who somehow managed to emulate them. Yeah, I've played that level stanchel. Um, to be honest, I wasn't having a lot of fun. But I'm very <laughs> picky with my. Uh, I'm very picky with the type of Mario levels I enjoy. So I'm. I'm. Har- I'm hard to please. I I did find it hilarious the first time that I missed um that flagpole by a millisecond. I laughed right out loud, but the <laughs> the third time that it happened, I was fairly frustrated, but um but yeah, no, it's um yeah. it is it's it, yeah. it's a game it's a game where you can create those situations and some people love those levels. And and there's a there's an audience for that out there who the people that that want those cruel unforgiving and just like like breakneck speed and you can only get it right one time type of levels and um it's just, uh, it gets, like you said, Mikhail, it's just kind of what you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. So we got some three-word reviews in for Super Mario Maker as a whole, as a phenomenon. Um, on the day of recording, we always send these tweets out, calling for people to uh, express their sentiment or do something creative in three words on the game that we're covering. Um, starting off with uh, Matthew Kesby, who says, build a game. The Tige says, Being Nintendo Hard. Toonskatoon says, Pipe Dream Machine. Scott Bodenheimer says, Player Generated Ingenuity. Cats and Cucumbers, great name, says, Disappointing Campaign Mode. Hmm, right. So let's summarize. Um, yeah, Ryan, why don't you go first? Yeah, um, I think this is a... Uh, speaking mostly of the first game, I think it was a really interesting package when it first came out um i really loved the uh the kind of legacy aspect of um i guess primarily the marketing but just like the way that the product was designed you know in a lot of the marketing they kind of introduced the game by um showing you how you know that their original team would kind of graph paper their way uh to the designs of some of the most iconic levels and kind of putting it into your hands and saying that you know now you can do this too you can you can flex your game design muscles and see if you have what it takes mm-hmm. to rival, you know, Miyamoto's levels. And um, <laughs> that's something yeah. that I, I really enjoy, you know, as much as Nintendo authored stuff is, um, 
is pretty consistently great. Uh, I, I love seeing people that are kind of outside of the Nintendo ecosystem try their hand at a uh, familiar design language and um, and do something mm. different with it. I think we we've seen things within Mario Maker that I think are going to go into influencing the later Mario games coming out of the community. Oh, for sure, um, yeah. I think yeah. there's certain you know languages that have been developed and certain types of um, certain types of, of levels and challenges and ways to use certain items that are to me like canonical Mario language now. And that's super exciting. Mm -hmm. Like we, we rarely ever see Nintendo being this um, open and generous with its own IP and especially Mario, because that is their, their bread and butter. You know, that's the, the baby that they protect, you know, more than anything else. Uh, And so in a way, like this was kind of Nintendo's real kind of like trusting first step into being more kind of like open to uh open to criticism open to suggestion from the community and like that all of this is super exciting and i love that mario maker was this kind of like point of uh this point of kind of like convergence between nintendo which had previously and in a lot of ways still continues to be very closed off from its community and that community yeah. that has been for years doing some incredible things with Kaizo levels and Mario World ROM hacks and uh, and some really really impressive stuff. And so even if it was, you know, yeah, I'm like I'm sure that like, I'm a hundred percent sure that the team that designed this was aware of the Kaizo movement. And I think they, oh, of course, they're aware. Yeah, this, yeah. this was their way of kind of like within the bounds of like what they're able to legally do or what they're able to do within the context of a very conservative Japanese company, their way of acknowledging and giving a high five to the people that have been kind of keeping these games communities alive for so much longer Hmm. um, than, uh, Hmm. I mean, they're classic games. They're never going to die, but like, you know, breathing new life into games that have been, you know, dormant in, in, in a, um, a lot of ways since the late 1980s is, um, is a pretty impressive feat. Uh, so, you know, that I think Super Mario Maker 1 was a really kind of like important moment in, uh, in the history of, uh, of games as a whole. And I, I hope that it kind of influences the way that Nintendo thinks about designing its games from this point forward being more collaborative with the community and being more transparent with um with the design and encouraging more people to express creatively which i think creative expression has um has increased in nintendo games over the years and so i just see this as being kind of another step on the um kind of step on this this pathway from Mies to Art Academy to Miiverse to Mario Maker. You know, this is like, this is fantastic. And I love seeing this happen. I think we, uh, the original game suffered a little bit from Nintendo's usual weirdness with online stuff in that the sorting of levels was a little substandard and but like the community was so strong that they found ways to circumvent that i mean really only discoverable by the real kind of hardcore the people that have really looked into it which you know considering 
how easy it is to get information like super in-depth information about Minecraft. Maybe the community is ready for this type of, you know, looking on computers to find levels to play on your console or whatever. But uh, it, it still felt like that could have done, could have been done a little bit better. Um, when it came to releasing the game for 3DS, I, I didn't play it. I don't have much of an opinion there. It sounds like it was missing some pretty major features, but included a lot of imagination um, that Nintendo brought to it. Uh, and then uh, the sequel on Switch was, um, I think it was fine in that it brought a solid framework to a wider audience. It didn't feel like it was a moment any longer, like the first one was, um, just because the first one had come before it. And I feel like a lot of the things that we lost, like the Amiibo costumes and a lot of the things that were added to it were misjudged or at least didn't speak to me as a player. So I I ended up being kind of disappointed in the second one while still acknowledging that it has the same framework that made the original magical and great. So, you know, it's if you're going to pick one up at this point, buy the sequel. But, um, you know, I feel like it's it's not going to have its place in history of the original and it's not going to probably engender that same kind of of um, love, familiarity, excitement that the original did. And so it's kind of too bad to be beyond that moment. But um, in the time since, we've seen uh, other teams create similar projects like Level Head uh, from uh, Butter, uh, Butterscotch Shenanigans um, the, is a similar kind of create-your-own-platformer type of game. And we've seen um, other projects. Um, you know, there's a lot of demand for like Metroid makers and Zelda makers and stuff like this. So I hope this is still, even though... It's been a while since we've seen real developments in um, in this genre space. I hope this is really just kind of one step among many in the future. You know, I hope it doesn't end here and that we continue to see cool kind of accessible video game creation um, projects going forward. Very well put. Brian. The thing I really love about the Mario Maker games is that, as Ryan already said, it, it, it references that uh, that design language that we are all familiar with, and it puts the player in control of something that they are so familiar with already. Like most people, Mario Maker is not going to be their first Mario game, so they're going to be coming to something that they believe that they know in their hearts how it's supposed to work, how it's supposed to feel, how it's supposed to look. And giving them that tool set and just kind of setting them free to do essentially whatever they want within that you know, within that structure, um, it's really risky and and cool and something that I wouldn't necessarily associate with Nintendo, and I think that's awesome. Um, while I do think there's aspects of Mario Maker 2 that just did not live up to the first one, and I think they, they've taken some missteps, all in all, it's, it's a really, these two games are kind of really important in a way, because they just show the potential of what can be done when you bring your community into the fold and allow them to tinker with your toys. Um, I, I think that, that if you haven't tested these games out, if you listen this far to the podcast, you should absolutely give them a go. Um, it's, it's something so unique that I think that you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not, to not engage with whether you create or play. Um, and just in this talking in this conversation, I'm looking forward to going back and to try to trying to make another level, trying to do what I couldn't do before was to make something that I felt good about. But, but all in all, just kind of 
you know, playing with the toys and, and putting stuff together and seeing how it looks. Um, uh, yeah, Mario Maker, Mario Maker is important on a number of levels. And uh, I think it's going to gonna like ryan said kind of go through history and 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 kind of inform the way nintendo makes these games going forward so yeah i think it's an integral part of just video game history right um for me super mario maker the two games combined are almost everything that i ever wanted out of basically getting the damn near perfect physics for a 2d platformer ready uh, uh, hand delivered to you and you know just getting the tools for to create yeah amazing levels around it I have because of the core creation tool and the things you can do with it being so amazing I am willing with the I am willing to put up with a lot of BS around these uh, in these games uh the online sharing being far from ideal some of the limitations in the level designs as well uh, in the in the levels that you can make i mean um but now with super mario maker 2 here and actually the big uh limitation here is of course the uh, omission of the wii u gamepad and that's ease of use that that it grants you but even that I can stomach because of all the expanded possibilities, all the stuff you can play around with to create levels with. Yeah, I kind of stopped playing Super Mario Maker 1 as I started running out of very clever ideas and started running into the limitations of it, even after having made just nine levels. But those were nine levels that I put like, like so many hours into. Uh, but uh, Super Mario Maker 2, finally getting it, has brought me back completely. And I can't wait to do more with this stuff and uh, and play much more of it. So yeah, um, very happy with these games and that they exist. And yeah, that's about it. So then it remains for me, Michiel, to thank Brian, Darren and Ryan, as well as our correspondents. Plus, of course, you for listening. And next time in issue 427... It's not a piratey board game, but a piratey point-and-click game. The Curse of Monkey Island. (laughs) 